Drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. And welcome to a Thursday. Oopsies. It's not Wednesday. It's we Thursday. Spent Wednesday going to see the zoo lights with some friends. Yes, that's right. We went and uh, saw well, not as many animals as we hoped to see. Some animals. We saw an elephant. Yeah, he was still awake, and a javelina. A javelina that was called something else. Yeah, but it was a javelina. But it was a javelina. I know what a javelina looks like. <laughs> right. Um, a but lot of children. So many children. So many children. This is where. It's where everyone from, I would say the ages of, I came out of my mother six hours ago. That's, that's like literally, I think the youngest kid we saw there. And then, you know, up to ages, you know, I'm not sure how much Max knows about baby. I can tell you, I can tell you, it, it seemed like a, it seemed like a, it seemed like a perfect place where if you just had a kid, you could be like, oh, we can just like take them for a walk around here and like go out and see people. Yeah, so it's definitely kid heavy. I was surprised and that there weren't more like teenagers or like 20 somethings because there was alcohol ex- there. It was kind of expensive. It wasn't that expensive. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't high school. I say it, it wasn't was like, high school date. I think it was like 30 bucks each or something. Yeah, see, for a high school date, that's, you know, you got to really care about her. All right. Well, anyway, it was really cool. 10 out of 10 recommend if yeah, you're definitely. in the Phoenix area. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Great time. Great time. Plenty of, and, 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 and like Katie said, there's like tons of food and drink options. There's plenty of stuff that's open throughout, throughout there. There's plenty of restrooms. And um, it's, a, it's a great experience overall. It's a really nice, it's a really nice way to spend, you know, really, I mean, we spent, you know, three hours there just walking around. Yeah. And we decided when we got home, we'd rather watch a Christmas movie than record. So you're getting us today instead. Mm -hmm. So what are we talking about? Precisely. Well, I guess the first thing we're talking about is the thing that's on everyone's mind, which is Donald Trump's tax returns. Is that still going on? Yeah. Well, they released them. Oh, what did we learn? Nothing. Well, so... (laughs) Every time I think about Donald Trump's taxes, I think about a famous interview that he had with George Stephanopoulos, Good Morning America, when he was running for president the first time. Yeah. And so I think it was 20, 2016, and it was around tax time. And George Stephanopoulos asked him about his tax rate, and he was like, George, I try to pay as little in taxes as possible. Right. And... Everyone does this, right? Unless you're an idiot. Unless you're a complete, un- un- unless you're a full-blown idiot. The game all of us play 
Some of us play it four times a year. If you're a business owner, some of us play it one time a year, filing our personal taxes. But the goal is to get the high score in the refund department. Now, I know Rush Limbaugh always said you never want to get a refund because that means the government kept too much of your money throughout the year and you could have done something useful with it. And you never want to owe them money because yeah, then they're just say, taking from you. I wouldn't say the goal is to get a refund. The goal is to be as close to zero as possible. Well, and, if just, it's, and if it's slightly not zero, you want it to be a refund, not you owe something. Precisely. So for... So, what what George Stephanopoulos does with his wife and their accountant is try to pay as little in taxes as possible every year, because that's what everyone does. You try to limit your tax liability, and Donald Trump is very open about this, and, and a lot of us are very open about this. We don't like paying taxes. We don't believe the government knows what they're doing. We don't believe the government knows what to do with money more than we do. Right. This is the Adam Smith invisible hand. Um, we will, um, you know, engage. We will, as a society, determine winners and losers through through the choices we make in the market. And um, and we can't do that if the government uh, confiscates all of our funds. And so Democrats and rich Democrats on TV love to pretend. In order to be a, a liberal talking head on television, you have to pretend that you love paying taxes. Now, there's one thing that all of these people also have in common, and that's they've never voluntarily written a check to the United States Treasury, as Donald Trump never will. So it's funny because liberals look at the Donald Trump tax returns and go, I can't believe how little in taxes he paid. And us Republicans, conservatives, look at it and go, how do you pay that little in taxes? Well, what do you do here, Don Donnie? Share some secrets with us. Is it just that you're able to pay for really good attorneys? Or like, how do we do here? How do we minimize our tax bill like Donald Trump did? That's the goal. And that's what liberals don't understand. They think that by highlighting these tax returns, it's going to be like some sort of, oh, we're going to flip people in the middle. When in really, the reality is, is that Donald Trump, if he wasn't so angry all the time these days, and he still had that positivity that was so infectious at the, when he began his campaign back, back, back in the day, he would go, hey, I hate paying taxes. If you hate paying taxes too, I'll help you pay less in taxes. Right. Take advantage of it. Have fun with it. Rub their nose in it like a dog that made a mess on a carpet. Because that's really what this should be at the end of the day. This, this is a winning issue for Republicans. And it will always be a winning issue for us. We don't like the government. We want to shrink the government. Hire us so that we can get rid of the government. So that we can get more money back into your pocket. So you can spend it the way that you choose. Right. Right. This is this, you know, this is the argument, individual liberty and individual choice and individual freedom has always been a winning argument. Sometimes we stray away from it. We get caught up in other issues. But one place where it's really reared its, its head 
is in the education department over the past two years of people going, hey, I don't like the fact that, you know, my kid is doing this virtual learning. It's, they're not retaining anything. So anyways, I get, I, that's the main story. That's it. That and the spending bill, which I have to say, I was thinking about this. We were taking a walk around the neighborhood before, before the show to make sure that, that our dog would, ours was all tired out and whatnot. And um, I was thinking about what we did during these times of year when I was working on the show. Mm-hmm. And I have such fond memories of the show and uh, the holiday season. Not just the fun segments that we would do, but also the getting off the, the metro at Union Station. It's all decorated. It's, you know, it's 545 in the morning, it's six o'clock in the morning. I'm one of, you know, two dozen people scurrying about in there. Um, you know, it's just as the city is beginning, beginning to 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 you know it's 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 awake and stretching its legs you know it start people are starting to move about so it's always fun being on those first couple of trains you know in the morning um but it's always tough because lame duck congress always there's a couple of things there are these leadership fights that we really don't get figured out until the beginning of the year number one and number two there are all these really spending. There are these spending bills mm-hmm. that have to get passed, and the debt ceiling is one thing, but these omnibus spending things, and they're really boring to talk about. And they're really boring to talk about because here's the truth: at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, they always get passed. <laughs> we fight, we complain, we moan, we do this, we do that. We say, Mitch McConnell, you're a terrible person for letting this pass. Kevin McCarthy, you're a terrible person for letting this pass. At the end of the day, whichever party is has the most power is going to get what they want passed. The Democrats have the most power. Therefore, what they want to get passed will get passed. Barring what Cinema and Mansion say in the Senate. Um, so there's really not a lot to talk about in that front, which leads me to kind of uh, a couple of things, a couple of other things that are more fun to talk about. One is the Carrie Lake trial. Yes. Can you explain this to me? Because I haven't really been following All it. Right. Because, yeah. So the Carrie Lake trial. So Carrie Lake, um, right now, is, is in court challenging... She's not challenging the outcome of the election. She's, she's basically saying that voters were disenfranchised. Okay. And so I want to get this right. So Powerline Blog had a great write-up today. Everyone knows Powerline Blog. Um, litigation in Superior Court Maricopa County contesting the outcome on a number of grounds, two of which were granted a two-day mini-trial. Mrs. Lake has a problem known to lawyers as needing to prove a case within a case. In addition to showing that serious problems occurred, she must also show that a different outcome would have resulted but for the problems. It is a heavy burden. Um, so basically what she has to prove here is not just that 
the problems the so the ballot issue yeah so this is the famous maricopa county ballot issue that happened which was people's ballots were not being read so they had to put it into quote-unquote box three right right that was that was one of the big things and then carrie lake has to prove that because of these problems she was kept from winning that's going to be really tough to prove um, so is it possible that she could prove that people were disenfranchised but not prove that it would have changed anything? Well, so that's a possible outcome. So that's a possible outcome, unfortunately. So they, um, so this was the first day of the trial today. So there were several witnesses that were called to talk about really the, the technical details of how these machines work. And so, um, so the first person that was called... Um, Robert Jarrett, uh, the Maricopa County Director of Elections, and Stephen Richter from Maricopa County Recorder's Office. So Jarrett testified that because of the large number of local elections for school boards and other local decisions on the card last month, there were, listen to this, 12,000 different ballot styles in use in Maricopa County last month. Sheesh. Um, because registered voters can count, can vote anywhere in the county, same-day voting generally requires ballots to be printed on demand for voters and after they identify themselves at the polling place. Um, yeah, they do print it for you. I remember that. Jarrett testified that although the ballots were printed on 20-inch paper and only a 20-inch ballot format was permitted by the software used this time, some prior elections used a 19-inch ballot format. And folks, this is where it starts to really, and this is where it starts to become very tough radio. Mm-hmm. So this is where I want to get into more broad strokes. Okay. So basically, one of the arguments that the Cary Lake team, and they brought in an expert, Clay Park. And Clay Parrick uh, is a cybersecurity expert, works at Northrop Grumman. And what he contested was that of these ballots, they were printed on the wrong size. And because they were printed on the wrong size, they weren't that's why they properly? were rejected. And Ugh. so they had to go into ballot three. Now, Arizona's process for changing those, ni- those wrong size ballots into correct size ballots is a hand process by Republicans and Democrats to hand translate ballots. Oh, sounds like the Chet thing. And that's why it took so long. So they had to they had to duplicate all of all of these ballots. So I I think one of the um um the the other thing that they're challenging is chain of custody for the mail in ballots. Right, okay. wanting to make sure that the people, you know, the the basically the um, that that's what's going after the um, um, I keep saying thinking straw purchasers because that's gun terms. Straw purchasers for are people who buy a lot of uh, guns and then distribute them or sell them illegally. But the ballot harvesting, oh, uh-huh. the ballot harvesting. So that's the chain of that's the the the, the custody. So so. We'll know more about this sooner rather than later, but today was was the first day, both sides presenting evidence. Did um, anyone have an analysis saying it went well or not? No. 
I mean, I know that's opinion, but the the analysis that I read that that from from Powerline was that you know there were there there were some strong arguments made, but it's it's an uphill battle, right? Because she's got to prove that this. I think at the end of the day, and and I, I guess I just want to take a step back on this. I'm not so sure that the outcome. I we can hope for an outcome of maybe they redo the election, right? Or maybe is that on the table? Is that something they would do? Everything's on the table if if it's if Carrie Lake wins this court case. Um, Reading what I've read about this, what we what I believe would be a good incremental win would be some sort of acknowledgement or an investigation into the chain of custody. Cause I think that's a really interesting thing. And I think also the, the ballot sizes. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be, well, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to do is I'm, I'm trying to make sure that at the end of the day, no matter what, there's still some sort of glass half full way of looking at it. Because, Has there ever been a revote? That's a great question. Not that I can know of. Not that I remember. Yeah. But hey, you're a Giants fan. You lost Carlos Correa this week on one of the weirdest turnaround turnarounds in Major League Baseball history. So, okay. Did they do a recap? I don't know what. I haven't read that. Sorry. Oh. They do a revote? No, no, no. <laughs> it was a it was a look at his physical. But anyways, what I'm saying is that weirder things have happened. This is a year for strange things. But I can't remember a time where there was someone who had a lawsuit successfully challenged an election and they had to redo the election because of shenanigans. I I mean, I personally look at this and I think and the I closest think, we ever got was a recount, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which probably won't help anyone. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um all right, before we get into more lighter topics, and that's not saying that I'm, I, I do believe there should be a recount. I do believe there should be a revote in Mar- Maricopa County at the minimum. I really do. Um, um, I, really, I, I really don't think there's much of an argument against it at this point. It was a really, and finding out that the process is of, it's this hand, hand duplication of the ballots. We are a joke. We are not a serious state. Um, However, FTX, have you been following what's going on with this? No, I live in a bubble. So the kid is back. The FTX kid, the Sam Bankman fried, he's back. He's back in, in America? America. He's okay. back in America. Um, he was arraigned in court today. Had his bail set. At? Well, here's a question. Do you think they gave him bail? Do, do you think he was granted bail, or do you think they just said, you know what, you're a flight risk, we're locking you up? Um, I mean, I could see them put, posting it like a billion dollars or something. So actually, so that's funny what you said because there. Because they may as well get the money back to give to the people who lost it. So if you well, can get yourself out. <laughs> that's not how bail works. But however, well, it could be in this case, but... I will say this. So you're basically right what happened. So they said, hey, look, okay, bail is set at $250 million. And um, and um, his parents put up the house as collateral. There's a couple of other people who are financing it. 
um, the other part of the story is what that... What do you mean as collateral? Uh, bail, you don't get a refund, right? You don't get the bail money back. Well, I mean, they want to make sure if they're... They, these are... With, with someone as high profile as this, there's a lot of negotiations that happen behind the scenes, right? So they're like, okay, well, if we want to put him... If you want this kid to be under house arrest, which is what he's going to be, he's under basically under house arrest at his parents' home in California. So he got out on bail? $250 million. Bam. Yep. Um, he's got a he's got a he's got an ankle bracelet. Got the electronic monitor. I I still think that this was a complete mistake and this kid's gonna flee. There's no way this kid doesn't try to make a run for it. He'd be stupid not to. He's gonna go to jail for the rest of his life. And I say that is because his girlfriend and his FTX co founder Pled guilty yesterday. Took the plea deal with the federal government. Plea deals were released today. Caroline Ellison, 28-year-old CEO of Alameda Research. You know what she's facing in jail, even though she pled guilty? Mm -hmm. 110 years. Oh. Yeah, this is no joke. They're throwing the book at these kids. They're really going to go after these kids hard. They're going to make an example of them. This is, this is the prime example. This is the clear we are going to make an example of a new industry we don't fully understand but all we know is that you committed the most obvious and easily provable case of embezzlement we've ever seen that's exactly what happened they falsely advertised that they were investing these people's money in cryptocurrency they were basically giving them a fake dashboard that said you're holding this amount of whatever coin that they invested their money in, if at all, or just showing a dollar ba a dollar balance. And that money was this, and then transferred into Alameda Research, which was then dispersed to, or it wasn't even trans transferred to Alameda Research. It was just transferred into the, the pockets of FTX employees for real estate purchases and political donations to Democrats and whatever else. Stadium stadium naming right nonsense. It was very easy. You know, people think that this is like a very complicated thing because it's crypto. In fact, it's just very easy fraud. This is this is just very easy, straightforward fraud. There's not there's no there's no no mystery to what happened here. It was nothing more than a confidence game. That's really all it was. It was an old school confidence game. Man, I've got so many links in here. Um, <laughs> which to do? Which to do? Um, I, I really, I, I really don't want to talk about any of them. Kellyanne, okay. Kellyanne Conway went to dinner with Andrew Cuomo the other day. And I just, all I have to say is this. If you trust what Kellyanne Conway has to say about anything. Yes. You have been awarded zero <laughs> points and may God have mercy on your soul. That's all I have to say about Kellyanne Conway. Um, all right. I'm going to talk about Christmas stuff. All right. Let's do it. Well, we've been ripping through Christmas movies yeah, we're christmas like food. almost We've been out coming of christmas, through our christmas menu um i guess christmas movies we haven't talked about so no i don't think so so why don't you talk about your favorite christmas movie did we already talk about this maybe not well we talked about it as a tradition okay well you do have a tradition maybe it's with your favorite christmas movie 
So my favorite Christmas movie is the Santa Claus. Yep. It made me believe in Santa way longer than probably most kids do. Mm. Mm. What? Excuse me. Are you saying Santa's not real? No. Do we need to rewind? I'm sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, I thought my wife was a believer. <laughs> and, um... Okay. Okay. Anyway. Sure. No, keep going, Heretic. It's the best movie. Sure. Um... I don't think I started watching it on Christmas Eve, but I just started recently being like, I need to watch this on Christmas Eve. Kind of started as like, I'm going to watch this while I wrap presents. And now that's just the movie that I watch on Christmas Eve. So that's my favorite Christmas movie. I don't want I have a bunch of them, but I don't want to take your favorite. So you could do your favorite first and then we can talk about other ones we like. Well, so I think it, I, I, well, I'm not going to take your favorite because now I realize what you're going to say, but go for it. Well, so I have, I have a, I have a couple of favorites. Okay, I want to take a, I want to take a bunch. Okay, so I think a movie that I kind of think always kicks off Christmas for me is Lamp National Lampoon. Oh yeah, I Christmas love that Vacation. One. I believe that's the first one we watched. That's the first one we watched. It's always so simple. We're gonna watch it again. We're gonna watch it again. It's just so great. See Russ, no lines. Um, can't see the lines. Um, that one, a bad Santa. Bad, no, I don't like that one. You don't like bad Santa. Well, I don't like the Grinch. I don't like. I don't like. I don't like the. Grinch. I don't generally watch the Grinch. It's just we are running out of movies. Bad Santa, I think, is funny. Thurman Merman, all of all of that. Um, the other thing is, I like to wrap my Christmas presents on New Year's Eve before I go to bed. You mean Christmas Eve? Christmas, that's what I said, Christmas You said Eve. New Year's Eve. I said Christmas Eve. I can roll the tape if you want. You said New Year's Eve. You want to throw the progressive challenge flag? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's throw the progressive challenge flag. Do-do-do-do. All right, we rolled the tape, and what did you hear? I heard New Year's Eve. Yeah, okay. Katie's right. Uh, okay, continue New Year's Eve. <laughs> Man, I think we should just start recording all of our conversations so that I can just roll the tape. <laughs> That was fabulous. It's a great commercial. It's a great <laughs> set of commercials. You know, for those of you who don't watch commercials, you're really missing out on that set. Um, so as someone who likes to wrap their Christmas presents on Christmas Eve. Good job. Uh, one of the things I like to watch is the um, It's Always Sunny Christmas special. Okay. That's a pretty funny, it's a pretty funny television episode. Mm. And there's some other Christmas Christmas stuff that I that I like as well. I, I But uh, however... I know the movie that we have not mentioned that you're thinking of, so you can go ahead and mention it right now. Oh, that's not one of my favorite movies, though, so I'm not going to mention it. You were, you, but you're the one who recommended we watch this movie. But I, it's not one of my favorites. But you're going to have to talk about it now. You can talk about you it. Are the... I'm going to talk about um, Elf, because I really like that movie. Oh, Elf is a classic. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's your turn. You can talk about that movie. Um, Katie, what movie did you ask that we watched the other night? Um, I think you want to be the one to say it. You know, Katie's, so, I don't know how many of you out there who listen to this know about the debate about the movie Die Hard, and about whether Die Hard is a Christmas movie, a Thanksgiving movie, 
or none of the above. And I believe Bruce Willis has, has chimed in and said he doesn't see it as a Christmas movie, which to which I say, well, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, McLean. So, um, anyways, I, I personally believe that Die Hard 1 and Die Hard 2, actually, are both Christmas movies. Die Hard 2, especially. There's snow. And, um, and anyways, um, it's on in, in top of the fact, and then also it's just an enjoyable movie to watch. So last year, uh, I, the, the joke had continued on to the point where Katie had been like, well, you know, I've never really actually watched Die Hard. And so last year we decided like, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to watch, we're going to watch Die Hard. We're going to sit down and have her watch Die Hard. And so this year... Obviously, the joke comes up, and this was a couple of days ago. She was like, "You don't want to? You want to know what? I could, I could go for watching Die Hard right now." And so, little Katie over here has started. Not whoa! I you started. Say you started. See, started. no, 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 no. I introduced you. You started. This is not the a tradition. tradition. This is not a tradition of watching Die Hard during the Christmas season. It's not a tradition. Now, let me say this. For the Thanksgiving crowd, people believe it's a Thanksgiving movie because USC plays Notre Dame. Mm. That's, that's, and we talked about this. We talked about this when we were watching it, the USC-Notre Dame game because we pointed it out. We're like, they USC and Notre Dame, they don't play on Christmas Eve, obviously. On Christmas Eve, the only football game, well, now there's NFL football, but traditionally there had always been the Hawaii Bowl. The Hawaii Bowl, the Hawaii Bowl had always been the only the only football game in town. The the college football, so um, so I know that there there are people who claim that uh, that in November twenty sixth, nineteen eighty eight, number one Notre Dame played number two USC, and so people claim it's a Thanksgiving this movie. This is quite a long tangent, but they mentioned that it's actually the party is Christmas Eve, so it's Christmas. It takes New Year. Die Hard actually takes place on Christmas Eve. Okay, so that's Max's favorite movie. So my, it's it's up there. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good Christmas movie. You should watch Die Hard. Yeah. Um, some other ones are like, I like The Home Alones 1 and 2. Past 2 is weird. I haven't seen it. If you are in the into the horror genre. I am not. And we are not. But I can be a little bit. Especially I'm a sucker for a good zombie movie. There is a Norwegian horror movie called Dead Snow. What? Strongly, strongly, strongly recommend. It is about a group of teen of of young adults who go to a cabin for the winter, winter for for the holiday season, winter winter season, winter winter getaway, and they have to fight off Nazi zombies. Okay. So, Dead Snow, strongly recommend. It was a it was a it was a movie that was introduced to me in New Hampshire. I brought it to George George Washington, and yeah, it was just we gotta watch Dead, gotta watch Dead Snow. It was just one of those it's one of those movies, you know, that you just had to introduce people to it. Okay. All right. We're we're not doing food, right? We're just doing the movies. We'll do food tomorrow. Okay. We're probably just gonna talk about Christmas stuff tomorrow. <laughs> it's a Christmas episode. It will be a Christmas episode tomorrow. All right. Um. Hope you all enjoyed this on an off day and you will hear us tomorrow. I don't have to say anything. You got it right. I don't know. Look at me. Talk.
is Drill Baby Drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. <laughs> <laughs>